Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome, everyone. This is the, well, this is, well, technically our first episode um, on Blog Talk Radio for the Hixie and Chris on Sports. Uh, my name is Chris Asbrock. I am your host here tonight, and I'm actually waiting to connect uh, with uh, Scott Hicks. Um, anyway, you guys know we've, uh, you've seen, you guys have seen us on our, on our YouTube show uh, and everything like that that we've done. Um, but, yeah, we decided to, you know, to kind of go on and, and, and you know, and, you know, kind of hit this way instead. So, uh, you know, YouTube, you know, is great. And, you know, don't worry, we're definitely going to be uh, back with all that. But, you know, we, we just thought it would be a good idea to, uh, you know, to kind of, kind of head this way and just kind of like I said take some uh, take some calls and everything like that uh, we got a couple things we want to tackle first uh, but you know overall like I said this is it's been a while uh, we apologize for that uh, it's just you know schedule wise it, it's tough it's it's very very tough but you know luckily we've been able to you know to get it done um, you know get past all that and now we're going to be able to uh, you know to, to reach out to you guys here today uh, or tonight, I should say, or however you guys are going to listen. Um, but, you know, it, it's been, you know, it's been a while. So, obviously, you know, we're maybe a little rusty. Um, but we are actually brought to you by, um, you know, Caledonia Sheep Designs. Um, it's a Cincinnati-based jewelry company offering fashion forward, uh, you know, for men and, and women. Uh, it's unique and affordable jewelry designs. Um, each piece is handmade, uh, so one of a kind. Um, custom orders are welcomed. Uh, you know, she will ship you know, worldwide. So make sure you check that out. Uh, you can check her out on Facebook, uh, Caledonia Sheep Designs, uh, dot com, or, or like I said, on Facebook as well, um, Caledonia Sheep Designs. You know, great stuff. Like I said, you know, great product. Uh, Don does a fantastic job, you know, and everything she does. So it's it's fantastic. Make sure you check it out. Um, you know, Mother's Day's around the corner. Get something for your, you know, for your missus. Uh, it's fantastic stuff. I'm telling you, uh, check it out. Like I said, she will, she'll ship, you know, worldwide as well. But everything is, you know, it's custom made, so it's fantastic. So make sure you check that out. Uh, we're lucky enough that we've uh, partnered with her. Um, so, like I said, it's good stuff. Uh, I'm just waiting to hear uh, from uh, from Hixie. I know he. Uh, we were just talking a little bit before the show, so hopefully he'll be able to uh, uh, to connect here soon. Um, basically, what's on the docket here tonight? We're going to talk about the Cincinnati Reds. Um, I have not been able to to get a uh, you know, a preview up, you know, this year, um, you know, on, on the website, uh, fieldimpactsports.com. It's been very tough, you know, like I said, schedule-wise between work and, and, you know, coaching baseball and everything like that, very, very tough. So, unfortunately, it's been it's been a while. Um, but, you know, with that being said, um, you know, I wanted to get out here and kind of talk. I was hoping to get Zach Ballard on um, from Red's Chat. Uh, you guys may know him. You may follow him on, on Twitter as well. Red's, uh, I think it's Red's Chat 2016. Uh, he does a great job. He's, you know, he's obviously been on here numerous times. Um, so, you know, he's one I was hoping to get on, but our schedules just couldn't match up, you know, for tonight for, uh, you know, for him to come on. Um, uh, but I do, uh, I'm hoping to get um, Charlie Moulet on from DoubleGSports.com uh, out of New York City. Uh, Charlie does a fantastic job. I've, I worked with him a little bit. Uh, with a previous website, I believe um, he does he does fantastic work for Double G Sports. He was actually just in uh, he was just in Boston for the uh, Blue Jays uh, Red Sox series uh, this past weekend, and uh, which is actually going to be uh, concluding today. But I talked to him a little bit 
Um, so, like I said, he, he does a fantastic job. I'm hoping to hear, you know, hoping he will uh, be able to join us uh, tonight. Uh, if not, you know, you know that's that's the plan. But I'm hoping to get – I'm still, you know, waiting to see if I can get some Hicksy here. I'm going to see if I can uh, get him back on, uh, you know, hopefully here soon um, so we can, you know, have a little episode of uh, Hicksy and Chris on sports. Um, but, like I said, you know, it's been tough for me to uh, – you know, to get to get any sort of preview out. Uh, for the Cincinnati Reds, unfortunately, it's just been it's been tough, and you know <laughs> it's been very very tough. So you know, with that being said, though, hoping to get something out, but um, I had a couple things. You know, I'm still trying to work on um, the you know obviously you know with with FC Cincinnati, you know the brand new USL soccer team uh, in, in the area, which I have to give a massive shout out to. Uh, they did a phenomenal job. Uh, getting over 20,000 fans uh, packed in the Nippert Stadium last night uh, for their, their River City rivalry game uh, against Louisville City FC. Unfortunately, uh, FC Cincinnati, you know, dropped the decision uh, 3-2. But regardless, you know, 20,000 fans, uh, you know, packed in the Nippert Stadium for, for a great soccer game. Uh, you know, you can't ask much, you know, you can't ask for much more uh, than that. Uh, you know, like I said, they, they were able to, you know, pack that crowd in. And, you know, their home games are on TV and you're still getting that, uh, which is which is fantastic, you know. So, you know, well done uh, by the boys there. Um, you know, it's it, – it, they just do a phenomenal job. Um, so, I'm going to uh, – let's see here. I'm trying to get – I'm talking to Hicks right now here, trying to hopefully get him, get him back on here. Let's see. Man, good old technology. Hicks, if you're listening, buddy, my bad. I, I typed in the, the wrong the wrong address for you. Um, let's see. Let me reach out to him here real quick. Um, but, yeah, okay, now now with it being live radio, here we go. We're back. Hopefully you should be joining me here soon. Um, but, yeah, like I said, massive, you know, massive, you know, props to um, the, the crew at FC Cincinnati, Coach John Harks. Uh, you know, Jeff Burden, who's, you know, president GM, obviously, you know, the, the, you know, the lender family who's got the backing of, of FC Cincinnati, uh, they've just done just a phenomenal job and I couldn't be more proud of them. Um, you know, it's just, just great, great stuff. So I got to give them props. Um, so looks like we've got a caller here. Let's see here. Let's see. I think it's calling Hicks and Chris on sports. Who am I speaking with? Hey, is this Chris? Yes, it is. Hey, it's just Charlie. What's going on, my man? Hey, Charlie, how you doing, buddy? How are you, man? Hey, I'm not too bad. Not too bad at all. Thank you so much for uh, for calling in. I'm still waiting on my on my co-host here, but um, <laughs> and you've got a lot in your you got a lot on your plate, buddy. This is uh, you know, I, I saw you know if you, you know, if you follow Charlie on on Twitter, uh, you know he does does a great job. You know, like I say, you do a fantastic job doing, you know, covering, you know, the Yankees, obviously, you know, they're your team. Uh, you were just in Boston uh, last couple of days checking out the, the, the Jays and Red Sox. Well, you know, what did you think of that series so far in the first couple of games that you were able to watch? You know what, I tell you, you you know, the Blue Jays are, I mean, minus all the strikeouts, everyone's making a big deal to strikeouts, but today they had 14 hits. I mean, their their entire lineup one through about six. I mean, it's it's special, man. I mean, I haven't seen I haven't seen something that good in a long time. I, you know, it's almost like 
the Mets pitching rotation is like their lineup. You know, it's it's incredible with Donaldson, Batista, Encarnacion, Tulowitzki. Even Pilar had three hits tonight. It, it's ne- it's never ending. I mean, it's it's a constant battle. And you know, they threw it a series against the Red Sox, but I mean, today and yesterday as well. I mean, when Donaldson hits the ball, man, it jumps off his bat like I've never seen before. So you know, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with both teams. The Sox look, you know, okay, but. Uh, the, the Blue Jays are still the team that beat the AL East, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, uh, Charlie, I mean, they've, you know, the the, the Blue Jays, and actually we're joined here uh, by Hicksie uh, now. Hey, Scott, uh, how you doing, buddy? Good, Chris. How are you? Hey, not too bad. Not too bad, man. That was my fault. I'm the reason why you could not get connected on earlier. Uh, but we are actually on the Hi. phone now with, uh, with, with Charlie uh, Moulet from com. So, I wanted to uh, bring in, considering I'm the one that messed that part up and sent the uh, didn't complete the correct uh, address for you. So I apologize for that. Um, Charlie, right, Charlie you, man. That. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> so with you know, okay, back to back to the Blue Jays. I know that um, you know much. There was much to do about you know right at the end of the season when they were you know basically when that series ended against the Royals. You know, they had looked, and, you know, all the talk was, you know, David Price, and if they were going to be able to re-sign him. Obviously, with Alex Anthopoulos, who I'm a big fan of. I liked him a lot. Uh, with him, you know, separating from the club and then bringing in Mark Shapiro and everything like that, you know, basically the Cleveland Indians front office is kind of what it seemed like. Uh, right. There was much to do about, you know, they did not bring in or didn't even make an offer to David Price. One, were you, you know, you being an AL East guy, how stunned were you at that? And, you know, with them not able to, you know, basically not bringing him back, what kind of what kind of power shift did you kind of see in the ALEs based off of that move alone? You know, it, it was to me it, to me it was shocking because when you know when they when they acquired Price last year, it, they went on a tear. I mean, it was him and Tulowitzki, but when they when they picked up Price, I mean, they, he was going to win every five games. I mean, he he was fantastic on the stretch for them. He really. I mean, being the Yankees guy, I mean, he, he, they really didn't have a chance. I mean, they pulled within three games, two games, you know, and then all of a sudden it was, it was back up to seven you know, within a week. So, you know, with, with David Price, you know, he had such an impact on them. And, again, you know, $217 million for a guy that's 30 years old is, is a lot of money. But, I mean, for I'm surprised they didn't even make an offer you know, for a guy that would come in and change, you know, change the whole outlook of a team midway through the season and then, you know, not even making an offer it was really strange to me, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I've I've looked at a couple, uh, you know, a couple of publications out there, you know, looking at, um, you know, kind of how they were going to slate, you know, the the teams, and and how they were going to finish, and unfortunately, they, I I think a lot of a lot of people had, and I was kind of surprised by this. Um, that you know, they kept the Blue Jays still up top, and I and honestly, I did the same. Um, like I said, you know, for for my side, I did not, um, I didn't get a chance to put anything out there, you know, in regards to how I, I mean, just schedule wise, how I was, you know, pick all the divisions. But I'm not right. looking at it right now. What I was going to do, I mean, I've got the I got the Yankees finishing first. I thought that even though, you know. And I heard it, I believe I heard it on one of the Blue Jays broadcasts um, on my way home one, after one of our games. This is not a typical Yankees club. 
um, you're used to the big name players, everything like that. They're very young. Like they've got a really young team, so mm-hmm. it's kind of different. And I thought, I, and I think with um, you know having Tanaka back, I think that's going to add a lot. But then obviously, the moves they made in the bullpen, I think if once it gets to the sixth inning, it's game over in my opinion. I think they've got by far the hammer in the back of the bullpen. I mean, you can't ask for much more as a coach than having someone like that. You know, I, I just think that that's, you know, that's huge having a back into the bullpen like they do. So that's why I picked them to finish first. And, and I had the Blue Jays as, as the number two team in that division. I think I've got them finishing. Uh, I got them finishing just ahead of Boston. I, I think that that offense is just so, I mean, they're loaded, absolutely loaded. Right. They brought yeah. everyone back. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, you know, like I said, not having price, but I think they've got – I think the Blue Jays have what it takes pitching-wise to stay in there. Um, but, you know, when you look at the Yankees now, what – I guess I guess, kind of my thought is, like, what what's going to be their biggest Achilles heel moving forward in this season? Is it's going to be a battle, I personally think, between uh, the Red Sox and Jays. And the you Yankees know, as well, obviously. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think I think the the thing with the Yankees is what they what they really needed, you know, they again they upgraded the back end of the bullpen fantastically, bringing in Chapman when he's back in May. Um, they also acquired Castro, who started off red hot. I mean, you know, he's gonna come back down to earth, but you know, he's still pretty hot. He gets a couple hits a game, but I think the thing with them is again, it's been an issue for the past three years, and it'll continue to be the health of their big guys, the health of Pichardo, the health of Rodriguez you know, the health of Beltran, keeping those guys on the field. Also, Tanaka coming back, you're right. But they, they need innings from these guys. You know, they need they need games. They need to share to play 140 games or whatever he can play. They need A-Rod in the lineup. I mean, even he started off slow. They moved him down the lineup and he had a home run today. But, you know, they, they need these veteran guys that are going to hit home runs and pop the ball. Uh, and especially on the, uh, when you look at it on the mound, it's, you know, they need they, these guys need innings uh, to start off the season. I think the first week, the only guy to go, you know, into the sixth inning, I think, would be he's back or into the seventh inning. So, you know, that that's not going that's not gonna fly all year. Tanaka's got to have quality starts. The has got to have quality starts. Pineda's got to have quality starts. You, you, you need length. I mean, because you don't want to wear and tear the bullpen so early, where you know they're all out of gas in August, in September. I mean, those are big games. But at the end, and you know, you, you really. The way I look at it is, is, is if you can get, you know, it, you have to get at least six, at least six from the starters. If you can look at the seventh, eighth, and ninth as the big guys, we also have Jason Shreve in the bullpen, the lefty, is a good lefty and lefty, and they have this kid Johnny Barbado who comes in and he's, he's throwing 95, 96, and he's getting guys. So the, the bullpen is definitely the absolute strength. What they need is, is definitely is length out of their starting pitching. What would you say is the biggest, the biggest acquisition the Yankees made? Um, this summer, um, or not this summer, but this this past winter for you know this upcoming summer. Uh, you know, I think I think I think the Chapman deal is is is, is huge. I think acquiring him really it takes first it takes a lot of wear and tear off the chances because you know you don't want to use him every game for two or three innings. So you know he'll be he'll be fresher, but also like you said, I mean you get you get to that seventh inning, you got to figure the game's over. I mean, it's really shortening up the game. So I, I would say Chapman is the biggest second base with Castro also because, it, I mean, obviously it's a huge upgrade uh, having having him. I mean, Stephen Drew, they haven't gotten any production on the second base the past couple of years. So, 
I think I think he's a, he's a second second, but I'd definitely say that uh, that Chapman was was number one that I was most happy about, regardless of what happened off the field. Well, I, you got you were happy. I mean, I can tell you what. I uh, know Scott, you know, I know he's obviously a Reds fan along with myself. That was a tough, uh, you know, <laughs> it's been a tough, uh, tough winter. <laughs> yeah. Last season. Definitely, definitely, been... definitely in a rebuilding stage for the Reds. That is for sure. That, hey, hey Charlie, kidding, what do you, Charlie, what, what do you make of Alex's slow start to, to start the year here? I mean, it's uh, dropping him down the order. He's 41 years old at the end of the year. I mean, do you realistically seeing him make, make it through next year? <sighs> To be honest with you, I I don't know. I I thought about it a lot today. I mean, they, they dropped him down in the order already, and I mean, you got to think about it. It's it's almost the third week of the season, and, and people are you know he's already starting to you know see the repercussions of not not producing. And I mean, I I don't know. He he looks his bat looks slow. He's he's not catching up. I mean, today today was a good matchup because uh, Seattle pitcher I think it's Iwakuma. I think his name is he uh, he. He's a little, he doesn't throw that hard, but you know when he, when when Arod's getting a 93, 94, 95 consistently, I mean he's way he's way late, and and I think his bat speed needs to improve. I think it will, but realistically, I I don't I don't see him staying consistent in, in hitting, you know, to even two sixty two seventy next year. I, I don't see it. So, so then, what do the Yankees Whew. do if if he says he wants to to play one more year? He's got major money on his contract. If he doesn't produce, I mean, obviously, he, are they going to let him have a Kobe farewell tour if they're uh, in a pennant race? He, he, you know, that's, that's a great question. I, I mean, if, if I was if I was managing, I think if, if you're in a pennant race, down, I mean, down the stretch next year, and and you know, you got a guy that's designated hitter that his only his only job is to hit the ball, and and you know, he, he's going to be you know two thirty, two four. I, I I don't I don't play him. I mean, I don't know if. If that's the case, if the Yankees are out of it or they're in, like they're in, I mean, you never know next year. But if if they're in the playoff position, I I definitely give them the whole you know the whole farewell thing. But if they're if, if they're not, then I give them the whole farewell thing too. But if it's close between them and the, them and the Jays and and maybe even the Red Sox next year, I I, I don't I don't know. I I, I probably wouldn't play them that much. Yeah, that, that's a tough. I mean. That's, that's, it's, that's a it's tough, tough deal for the you know for the Yankees. I mean, it really is. Yeah, it's 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 really it's really tough. But I mean, it's 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 him. It's the shit. It's all these guys. They're they're waiting for the big contract to to kind of fizzle out. But it's hard because what do you do? You know, what do you do now? He's low. He's you know you're gonna sit your hundred something million dollar player. I mean, is that is that what you want to do? I mean, realistically, it's not what you want to do. But you know, if you, if you want to win games, and sometimes sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, that's that's tough. Now, okay, now since he's not producing, like you know, like Scott had mentioned, who who's the majority of like the the pressure fall on then? If it's you know, if it is, you know, if, if he's not producing, I mean, that, that's that's a tough ask for yeah. you know for guys like Tex and. Uh, you know, Beltran, who are the two, you know, two of the oldest guys, you know, on that roster, you know, then they brought back, I believe they did, so they brought back Nick Swisher. Am I correct on that one? Yes, yes, they did bring back Swisher. Okay. He's currently with uh, Strand Wilkes-Barre in AAA. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, I thought I saw something, and I believe I saw, you know, you had written that as well, but I, um, I mean, so Swisher, I mean, you know, that's obviously not going to be too much of an option, but how, I mean, who, t- who, you know, takes the majority of the, of the pressure now, you know, with with him not, you know, producing like he should be. 
I'd say the pitching staff, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I guess, I guess it falls to Teixeira and, and Belcher, like you said. But these, again, these guys are older guys. You, you, you need, you know, you need production. At, at like, I'd say Chase Headley needs he needs to produce a little bit more. I mean, Castro and Gregorius seem to have solid years. Uh, you look at you look at Brett Gardner and Jacoby Ellsbury as well. I mean, those are two guys that are, that are in their prime. You know, it's. They need to produce in the in like the beginning of last year. They were producing. They were both in over 300. The one two, and the Yankees were rolling, and then all of a sudden with injuries and and, and slumps, and you know they, they really kind of hurt hurt the Yankees more than they helped down the stretch. So I, I mean it, it's really a team thing. But but again, Rodriguez, you know, no one's going to make up for for 33 home runs or whatever he had last year. So you know you just got to find other ways other ways to get runs across and maybe stop relying so much on the home run ball to rely like, you know, almost like the Kansas City style, which they simulated in the bullpen. But, you know, in the offense where they, you know, get on, you feel a base, you get them over and you get a sack fly. You know, so it's, it's, it's more, it's more, it's more of a student than anything else. I, it, it's tough. It's tough to replace a guy like that. Yeah. I, that is a very tough, uh, that's a tough ask. I mean, he he did get the home run today. I believe that's the second of the year, um, yeah, you know, and yep. their game today. Um, but you know, I mean, overall, I mean, they you know they were able to you know to work out you know and get a win today um, over over Seattle you know four three. But I mean, you got guys who are producing you know uh, Ellsbury with a hit today, Gardner with uh, three hits today. So you know, obviously, you know what you're going to get from Brett Gardner, right? Um, right. Yeah. You know, Aaron had you know one hit. Um, but, you know, overall, it's, I mean, like you were talking about, you know, Gregorius is one that I think there's a lot of pressure on him uh, as well, obviously, for, you know, playing shortstop, obviously, after, you know, Derek Jeter. Um, right, right. But, you know, he's batting so far early on in the season, 222. I mean, if you would go up and down their, you know, their roster, you know, uh, Jacoby Ellsbury, you know, he's the, he's the table setter. 213 average, uh, you know, Aaron only right. one that 118. And I mean, that's, whew, that's tough. It that, that really yeah. puts the team, you know, behind the eight ball, really, you know, if you're, right. you're yeah. starting off like that. Right. Yeah. You, you, you know, you said, it, you said it exactly right. You go up and down the lineup. I mean, even last year I was going up and down the lineup and you see the home runs are there, but the, 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 the averages are not, are not there. And people do say, you know, the average is overrated in today's game, which, which, could be the case, but I mean, you, you need to have at least a couple guys sitting over 300. I mean, Ellsbury, the table setter, you're going to be, Brett Gardner's going to be consistent. He's always consistent, but you, you know, you're going to see guys like A-Rod, 188, whatever it is now, it, it's not, you know, that's not acceptable, especially out of a guy that's supposed to be, you know, your 3-4 hitter and kind of, you know, driving runs and carry the offense. It's, you know, it's, it's tough. They're in a tough spot. Hey, Charlie, do you, do you foresee any situation where Chapman comes back and, and he's not the closer. I mean, Miller in four innings so far with two saves, nine Ks, hasn't given up another run with a whip of .5. If he stays on this pace, can they really pull him out of the closer role? I mean, you know, that's another great question. I, to be honest with you, if if I'm Joe Girardi, I, I leave him there. I would have had Chapman probably probably in the eighth. Even, even Batantis, if you needed to stick to like he could always go two innings, but I would you know, I would have had I would have had Chapman as a setup to Miller, especially after a year he had it. Because American League special leader last year, I mean, it's, it's tough to pull him out of a role like that. But I, uh, you know, I guess it's you know they're trying to see where Chapman's at and what what he can do. And 
and they'll, you know, I'm sure they'll they'll mix and match. If Chapman starts struggling, he knows Miller's right there. So, but I mean, re, you know, it's it's tough to do. Like you said, I mean, he he's been, he was nasty tonight or today rather. He was, you know, he's he's good. He was good today, and he's always been. He's he's a strong left-hander, and you know, Chapman and him are, are similar in a way. But you know, I I still I still like to see Miller there. I, I there was talks with, with Chapman in Cincinnati becoming a starter. Has there been any conversation of that in New York? If, if one of the starters go down, I mean, CC's health the last couple of years hasn't been that reliable. He's got right. you know few days here to to kind of maybe build his stamina up. Has there any been uh, any conversation of that? You know, I haven't heard anything. Uh, I think it's I think it's because of the constant battle between Ivan Nova and CC Sebastian to, to get the rotations of fifth starter. So if somebody goes down, I'd I believe almost 98% it would be Ivan Nova that comes in because he has been a starter in the past and has been. So as far as Chapman, I haven't I haven't heard anything yet. Um, I think, you know, I think Yankees are holding their breath that nobody goes down, so don't have to worry about it. But if something goes down, I do think it's, uh, it's Ivan Nova. Yeah, the, the Yankees, like I said, you know, early on, are, they're very lucky that they've got three hammers that they can go to. Uh, and Miller, Chapman, and Betances. I mean, all guys who bring it, you know, well within the, in the you know, in the 90s, you know, mid, mid to upper 90s, I should say. But um, overall, who was your biggest surprise so far um, early on? I mean, I know we're only, you know, about 11, 12, 13 games into the season already. Who's your biggest surprise so far, um, you know, throughout throughout the majors? Biggest surprise throughout the majors league. Obviously, the kid in Colorado, Trevor Trevor Story, uh, he he's definitely the way he came into the league. I mean, just home run after home run. It seems like every day I was getting an update on my phone that he had another home run and then another home run. So he uh, he he's definitely he's definitely been the talk. I think early. Uh, I mean, you don't really realize it, but again, you you go watch Toronto play and you realize how good. They, they can be. I mean, you watch Batista hit, and it's, it's known, so it's really not a surprise, but you watch them play, and that ball just jumps off their bat. Like, I, even in batting practice, I was watching today before. I mean, he, he's got a swinging bat that are, you know, three to three to four, five, six ounces heavier in batting practice, and they're still getting the ball out. And then in the game yesterday, Donaldson and Batista are two shots to center. I mean, these guys are stroking the ball, so I think it's not surprising to me that they are, but the way Donaldson has been able to you know, take the AL MVP crown and then now continue his hair that he was on last year. I, I, I knew he was going to be good, but I didn't think he was going to be, again, that good this year. And, uh, and he, you know, he's been showing it too. So I'd say those two those two are the biggest things that, that I've seen um, as far as, you know, following and everything else. But, you know, it, it, another surprise, I mean, a, a negative surprise would be A-Rod. I mean, you know, I'm surprised that he started off so slow. He, He's only batting in the ones, and he's still batting in the ones. And I figured after the first week, it was okay. He'll figure it out, but he still hasn't figured it out. I mean, maybe today was a sign of things to come, but you know, I think he still struck out twice after the home run anyway. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see how things go. But as far as early surprises, it's it's definitely Trevor Story out in uh, Colorado and and Donaldson. Yeah, Hicks and I will we'll see Trevor Story on on Wednesday as we're going to go check out the one when the Rockies are in, in Cincinnati here. So that'll be, you know, we'll at least oh, see cool. him play a lot. So. Right. Hey, yeah. For the record, I, I drafted him in my fantasy league and I got a lot of grief for it because nobody knew the heck who he was. And uh, <laughs> I had the last class of week one when he posted seven bombs and I won uh, one of my first weeks. So I was pretty ecstatic with that. But 
what do you make of Baltimore? And I know we've been talking a lot of AL East, but you know Mark Trumbo's having a uh, you know revitalizing his career a little bit. I, I find that a team fascinating for some reason. Yeah, you know what? I tell you what, eight and two—they're playing good baseball, man. It's, I know it's early and, and things change immediately, but you know the Orioles are—they're—they're they're, they're surprising. They're very surprising. I mean, I know that they have a decent lineup. Davis is back. Machado is always going to be good. Jones again, but you know they're pitching—they're pitching lacks a little bit. Uh, it, it does, but to be eight and two, you know, the first two weeks in the season, I, I, I'd take it in a heartbeat. So yeah, you know, they're they're a little they're another team you could put in that surprise column as far as you know, hot start. I mean, you look at their team, you know, top to bottom, it's kind of, you know, a lot of people had them finishing uh, last in the division, at least from what I saw. I mean, I, I just I don't think a lot of people gave them. I, I picked them to finish fourth, just above Tampa. Right. Um, I mean, right. I, I still I still had a little bit more belief than you know in them than than some, but I mean, like you said, you know, if you look at their, um, you know, their rotation, like you were saying, you know, you brought him in as you know, as, as, you know, their their guy. You got Dylan Bundy, uh, Chris Tillman, you know, can, uh, Miguel Gonzalez, you know, guys like that. They're not they're not loaded with a lot of guys, you know, that are. I, I I'm trying to think of like the best way to put. It. I mean, I would say like familiar names. Uh, but obviously, you're, you know, baseball fans are going to know Ubaldo Jimenez, and obviously the hype surrounding Dylan Bundy. Um, right. But it's, it's their lineup that they've got. You know that they've got a lot of big names in there still, and, and you know, like like Hicksy was like, like he touched on. You know, uh, they did lose today. They, they lost, uh, or they lost yesterday. It looks like um, looks like eight to four to Texas. Um, so oh, I've got okay. they're looking here. Right. Eight to three is what. They are. They're eight and three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so there's, I mean, you know, early on, there are two games up on Boston um, and then three on Toronto and, and New York. But, you know, uh, they were the biggest surprise because, you know, for a while they had gone on, you know, they were the only undefeated team in baseball. So it was kind of, right. um, you know, like you know, like you were saying, they were a big surprise. How, I mean, how much do you think they can really, you know, keep that, you know, keep that ball rolling? I mean, you think they can, can I mean, do you foresee this team being in this same position, you know, around the trade deadline or no? Um, I I don't I I see I see the highest the highest they finish in the division I'd put I put them at they're getting any higher than third. Um, but again, like you said, their their lineup is it, it is pretty loaded, and I you know I really like I really like Manny Machado. I think I think you could you could maybe maybe not now, but maybe in a couple of years he matures a little bit. I mean, you could potentially put him in in the category with. You know, with some of the some of the bigger guys, you know, not Trout and Harper, but you know, he he he's close. He's uh he's got a great arm. He's got great range at third, and you know, sometimes he moves over short. But you know, the, the, the kid can hit too. And uh, you know, I I don't think their pitching will hold up. Like you said, I don't. I think you know that they're red hot right now, but I I don't see them getting any higher than third place uh, when it's all said and done. For, for the record, did either of you see? St. Louis at this point in the year having 85 runs scored and lead the major leagues in runs scored. No, <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I did not see it. I mean, I expected, yeah, you know, if he, I expected those numbers from like the the Blue Jays, who I, I think have the best lineup in baseball, or like even the Chicago Cubs, you know, right? But, you know, like like you were saying, Hicks, I mean, for St. Louis to to come out. 
I mean, they're seven and five right now, but I mean, obviously, you know, they're they're chasing the Cubs, but you yeah. know, they're a lot better than than I expected, though. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. they, they have they have fourteen runs. They have fourteen more runs scored than the next team, and that's Chicago. I mean, and, and for a team that, that likes to play small ball, I mean that it's kind of anti St. Louis what they're doing, and it's, it's interesting to me. Yeah, very interesting. Very, very. So uh, let's let's kind of shift, uh, you know, let's shift leagues here. Let's go over to the to the National League, and obviously the team that we, you know, that that picks him myself are, are a little more, uh, in, you know, involved with, you know, the Cincinnati Reds. I mean, you know, there was much to do uh, last year, you know, with, with the All Star Game coming to Cincinnati, right. um, and and I was a little. Charlie, I was a little upset with the way the Reds handled um, last, not this past offseason, but the one before they heading into last season. Um, I felt because they, they kind of made some moves to where it was kind of like, well, are we going to go for it or not? You know, and they, they were in that gray area. Um, right. You know, my personal belief was with the All-Star game in town that summer, my belief was you take that hype and you roll with it, and and go and go for it, and unfortunately, you know, it obviously did not work out as this team completely tanked. Um, right. After you know, there were there were a lot of moves that were made. You know, let's let's face it. But and then this coming off season, you know, there was a lot, and I've heard from both you know from both sides, and I don't know about you, Hexie, but you know, I heard a lot of fans who are upset with you know the moves that were made. You know, obviously Chapman being dealt, um, Frazier, fan favorite Todd Frazier being dealt. You know, you know, guys, you know, being moved, um, and then there was a lot of discussion on pieces that were brought back and whether they were worth anything. As an outsider, as you are, you know, like I said, you know, you are mainly, you know, AL East, you're, you know, Yankees guy, everything like that. What was your kind of perception on the Cincinnati Reds and what they have done and what they have failed to do coming into, you know, this season? You know. I, I thought they were a team that had a lot of potential. I, I thought that Billy, with Billy Hamilton there and with Votto and Bruce, you know, I, I thought, and, and even Brandon Phillips, I mean, I know he's getting a little bit older, but, you know, I thought they, they were a team that could that, that could make a, make a push. I mean, you had, you know, arguably the best bullpen pitcher in the game at the back end. Um, I mean, again, everything that happened is what it is, but I, I was I was disappointed in the Reds, especially with the whole Todd Frazier uh Decision. I mean, he's he's actually from my town, Tom's River, and uh, you know it, it was disappointing. Especially even the five in Tom's River was kind of disappointed about it because you know, like you said, they had the All Star game there. He participates in the home run derby, wins the home run derby, and everybody's going nuts. And it's a huge, you know, huge Cincinnati on a map, on a map kind of deal. And then, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden they just they just get rid of him. So he's, he was the face of the fans, I guess. He was he was a fan favorite, like you said. But you know, I was I was a little disappointed in, in the way they kind of handled it. I thought they I thought they definitely could have been, you know, something if if they would have hung on to some guys, made some maybe different moves. I thought you know that they could have been contenders, but I guess they decided to go the rebuilding way, and you know we'll see how it works out down the road. Well, Charlie, what you'll learn is that's how we do things in Cincinnati. When somebody gets popular and gets shipped out, and um, and and the fans collectively get a kick in the junk, and and we're left to pick up the pieces. Um, yeah, I, I think you know it kind of to Chris's point. I, I, I don't mind the moves. I think I think the, some, sometimes the lack of moves is what was frustrating, um, and not 
and we've had 33 uh, left fielders start in the last 15 years. And right. That's more frustrating than anything. We can't find a consistent uh, player in left field. But you know, I, I think bringing back Alfredo Simon made no sense to me. Um, they got a king's ransom from Detroit for him when he had did he had a year that that uh, he had never had before, and nothing right. pointed in the direction of him doing it again. And clearly, he's he's not. Um, you know, I, I think the Cueto deal they got they got some quality pieces. Been against uh, Charlotte, and I think being six and six with three of their projected starters not being healthy, um, I'm okay with it. I think they they left some games out that they could easily be eight and four. Um, but I, I think, you know, all the, the magic that Walt Jockey did in St. Louis, it's just, it's puzzling the, the moves he's made or lack thereof um, right. here in Cincinnati. You know, I, I don't know if you have any insight but, or thoughts, but it, 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 it's a head-scratcher. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, it, it's, it's like, you know, like you said, I mean, the, was it right field, left field situation? I mean, it, it, it's, I, I guess I mean, at the end of the day, it is a business, and you know whatever, you know we have we obviously have no say in, in in what moves they make. We can just sit here and complain and talk about it, but you know it, at the end of the day, I guess they thought it was it was the right thing to to make the moves they did and to not make the moves they didn't. I mean, I know they were they were shopping Jay Bruce for a long time. I I thought the deal the deal was going to get done, the deal was going to get done, and and it just it just never got done. I don't. You know, I don't know if you, if you have any have any other insight on that, or, or what was going on in Cincinnati at that time. But it was it was constantly being talked about. I saw it all over the place. He was going to go here. He was going to go there. They got him. They didn't get him. And then, you know, he ended up staying staying where he's at. So, I mean, again, it's 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 a tough time to be to be a Reds fan. That's for sure. That it is. <laughs> I know. Team though, I mean, you know, Suarez is having a good start. The Cozart batting four thirty eight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Cozart, Cozart's impressed me. He's impressed me. He, you know, he, uh, he, he's, he's hot. He's, he's definitely he started off, started off on the right foot. So we'll see, we'll see what he, if he continues. Hey, do you in New York want no. JJ Hoover because he's free for a bag of balls? <laughs> <laughs> see, no, I, just, I, 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 I did on that one. I'm a big JJ Hoover fan, but then again, I mean, he's not getting it done, so I can't really, you know. <laughs> I can't defend him when he's pitching like he is. I mean, let's just be honest here. But, well, you know, I mean, let's go, when hasn't he pitched like this? I mean, what, what in his career has pointed to the direction of that he should be a Debra closer? I never said closer. I mean, I, I, but that's all we've got. That's our only option. That's the problem, you know. But I, I never say he's not a closer. I mean, let's just be honest. But I think he's a solid. I think he's a solid bullpen arm, but he's not a closer. I'll give you that. But uh, you, you know, and kind of, you know, to kind of answer your, you know, your question on that one, Charlie, about the whole Jay Bruce thing, I did hear that. You know, there was that. You know, obviously the Blue Jays were going really hard. Uh, after right. Bruce, because he was basically going to be their left fielder. Um, right. But, you know, there there was an issue with um, prospects. I, I think that there was um, – it fell through due to the prospect. I think there was an injury with one of them that there was a major injury concern. Uh, so that's uh-huh. why that deal didn't go through. Right. Um, which, you know, it, it, it's kind of a shame because, you know, if, if you want to do a full rebuild like the Reds are wanting to do, my thought is you got to get rid of guys like Bruce has to go. Yeah, um, yeah. 
you know, and uh, Brandon Phillips is the other one. And Phillips, he's the one he hung out, he hung up that deal with Washington, um, you know, basically for, you know, contract wise. So that was the issue with that one. Otherwise, he'd be gone. See, that's two pieces right there that right. would be gone that we could have got at least something. Well, God only knows what we would have get, you know, what we would have gotten back from, you know, for him. But, you know, you're not going to be able to move a piece like Joey Votto with his contract, unfortunately, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. The future is bright, though. If you look at what the Reds have coming back um, in arms, I mean, you've got, um, you know, Di Scafani set to come back. Um, you've got, well, Michael Lorenzen, I, I know, and I keep hearing the Tommy John being thrown around. I keep hearing that, and then which kind of worries me a little bit. But, mm-hmm. you know, he, he could be coming back. Um, you still got, I mean, Brandon Finnegan so far has, has looked really good. Um, I wouldn't say really good, but he's looked pretty solid for, you know, for what he is. Um, John Land, the lefty, he was the main piece, I think, in that in that Johnny Cueto deal with the Royals. Um, you know, he's set to be coming back here, I believe, uh, in May, I believe, is when he's set to, set to join the rotation. Uh, you know, so there are some pieces that are, you know, pitching-wise, you know, we got some arms in the system, which is comforting. Now we just got to, you know, hopefully get a couple other pieces around it. I think the rebuild could take – I think it could be quicker than, than what some people are saying – if the organization does it right, which is a big if. I mean, we've seen we've seen what they've done so far, so it's kind of tough to get you know, <laughs> you know your hope you know your hope behind them there. But you know, I think it, I don't think it could take as long as you know some people are saying if they do it right. Though I mean, it's it, you you got to be able to bring in some of the pieces you know to to build uh, around what you have now. And, yeah, you know, we'll see what they've been able to do, but right now it's 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 tough. Like Hicksy was saying, you know, it's we are we're always left to pick up the uh, pick up the pieces after you know after a train wreck. Usually, that's <laughs> kind of how it works. Yeah, you know, but I I think I think you're right with that. I think I think they could really um, progress as far as as far as the rebuild goes. I think they can they can be they can rebuild quicker. Uh, they do have the arms. They just need to get a couple other pieces. You got to get some of these older guys out and bring in some, some youth guys that, you know, can, can play. But I know, again, they'll be back. The Reds will definitely be back. If it's not this year, it's in the near future. So I, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think Reds fans are going to have to go too long without having a contending team again. I like your optimism. I like that. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, it's we need more of that here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Uh, you know, I, okay, I mean, okay. what, do you, what do you make of Billy Hamilton? You know, the, the guy just, uh, he's been a punching bag around here lately. And, you know, highly touted coming in a, a couple of years ago when they got rid of Stubbs. And he, he just can't consistently hit major league pitching. I mean, it, right. you know, how, how long do you think his leash is? I, I think he, he's, again, he's a younger guy. Um, I, th- I, I, I think he's got, I think he's got, you know, he's got this year. I, I get. I mean, he's like you said, he's got to get more consistent. I mean, it's it's it, you're in the major league. You can't be you know hot and cold. You gotta have. You gotta find the the middle and and stay consistent. I think I think he's a great asset defensively. I think you know when he's on base, he's an unbelievable threat. He's really the best guy in the league. But but you know he's getting on base. I think he needs to see more pitches. You know, work kind of work. Work counts, maybe. I mean, it's, what it comes down to is, if I'm the Reds, I give him this year, this year, maybe 
you know, depending on how he finishes this year, maybe, you know, half of next year before, you know, if, if before we can really determine, you know, is this kid going to pan out? You know, is he, you know, is he going to be our future in the outfield or, or are we going to, you know, we're going to have to go in a different direction. So, I mean, I wouldn't jump the gun too quickly. I know it's been a little while, but, you know, I, I think they at least give him, they give him this year. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw out a tough stat here. And I, I don't know what, you know, Billy Hamilton being the speed burner he is, you know, his fly ball to ground ball ratio is is pretty high. For somebody that quick, I mean, he's hitting more fly ball outs than ground ball outs. You know, I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to find Freddie's question, but it, you know, what mechanically or, or what mentally do, you, do we need to do to, to change that? I always think of the major league when I see this stat and somebody like Billy Hamilton and make him right. do push-ups when he hits a fly ball in the air. Um, <laughs> I just yeah. think with somebody of his, of his speed, you know, you got to put the ball in play on the ground more. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear you with that, definitely. I think I think his approach needs to change. I mean, you, you know, there's no need to put the, like, you know, drive the ball in the eye. If, if he if he pounds ground balls into the, you know, the 5-6 hole, I mean, I don't see anybody throwing him out deep in a hole. I mean, you got to utilize your speed if that's what you have. And, you know, you don't have too much power. If, if he puts the ball on the ground in the middle, I mean, maybe, maybe more bunts, like trying to beat out base hits, you know, slapping the ball. But, uh, yeah, you're right. You definitely got to put the ball on the ground. You don't have speed. Would it be unprecedented if the Reds instituted that he's not allowed to swing at a pitch? He has to bunt every year back? <laughs> hey, I like it. I'm, I'm all for it. I, 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 let's, let's be honest. I, I think he could probably get on base three or four out of Yeah. Time. Yeah, you know, and I, I'm not opposed to it. Why not? Give, it, base give, it, is too give it a shot. Oh, no, I, I I think his all-base percentage would increase if he just bunted every AB. Yeah, yeah, I know. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I can't. I mean, I can't argue that, right, man. I mean, it's, it's frustrating. It's really frustrating, you know? Yeah, no, I know. I get it. It shouldn't be like that. I mean, like you said, it's the fastest guy in the league for the love, man. Like, come on. It's got to – you got to do something. I mean – yeah, yeah, it's, it's wasted speed if you're not going to get on base. I mean, you got to put the ball and play on the ground. Exactly. I mean, especially when you have guys who, uh, you know, who are struggling, like you know, like the Reds are. And I believe uh, I was looking here. Uh, let me see if I can find uh, where. I mean, guys like Devin Mezzarocco, who, and I heard it on the radio the other night here at local uh, sports talk radio. Uh, one of the guys who was talking was saying, you know, he's like. Devin Mezzarocco does not look right. He does not look the same. Uh, I mean, he's coming in, he's batting 143, and that's, you know, he was able to get a hit today, but struck out twice. He's just not moving like, you know, like we expect him to. Right. But he's one He's one guy that this lineup, they really, they count on. I mean, he's one guy that they had to have, you know, that if you wanted to have something, you know, it – you know, any hope for this team, he was one guy that had to be – that had to come out and, and, and hit well, and he just hasn't done that. So, you know, with, and then you have guys like, you know, Billy Hamilton who aren't getting it done. Um, but, I mean, Bruce is bad. I mean, he's coming right now, you know, at 304. So, he's over 300. Um, Suarez, you know, tearing it up, as, you know, as Sixty mentioned earlier. Kozar mm-hmm. doing well. He's kind of continued from what he was um, last year before he got hurt. Um, but, you know – but having guys who aren't getting on base, you know, that makes that makes it really tough for, you know, for 
you know, every team basically, you know, if, if you're a top guy, the guy you need to get on base who causes all that trouble and all that ruckus on the on the base path, you know, if he's not getting on base and you're really making it, you know, you're making it tough for, you know, for everyone else around you. And, and especially for a team who doesn't have as much talent as some other clubs. Right. And, you know, you're really, you know, you're really putting yourself behind the eight ball there. Yeah. No, yeah. You, 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 you hit it right in the head with that. I mean, you got, you got to get guys on base for these guys to be effective. I mean, it's a lot easier. I feel like it's a lot easier to hit when there's guys on base and it's not, you know, you kind of, you kind of, you know, grip your battle a little bit more and you're more, you know, all right, let's get these guys over, let's get these guys in. So if no one's getting on base, it's, you know, it's, it's tough, especially for another rock with a guy, you know, that, like, like you said, he, he doesn't, he doesn't look the same. Something, something's not, something's not right there. And I think, you know, it, it has a lot to do with it. You know, Charlie, what do you think of Jordan Pacheco? I, I, you know, I, I really like what that kid did in Colorado and Arizona. I know he struggled the last two years, 309, um, back in 2012 with Colorado. I, I think, I think a change of scenery might be good. I mean, you know, how long do you wait to, to give him a chance? You know, I think, as you said, he's definitely got the potential. You there? Uh, we we lost him. Um, it's all right. We'll make sure we'll see if we can get him back. Um, that's a bummer. You know, right before he was, you know, getting ready to uh, talk about uh, Jordan Pacheco. But, um, you know, regardless, you know, it, it's been pretty tough for, for what the Reds have dealt with um, so far. Like I said, you know, I picked them. Unfortunately, I picked them, you know, to lose, you know, over 100 games. All right, Charlie, you're back on. Sorry about that. Yeah, I sorry. I don't know what happened. Yeah, no, no <laughs> problem. Right. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be going through a uh, through a tunnel in a bit here, so I might get cut off again. But uh, I'll hang on no as problem. long as I can. <laughs> that yeah, works. So, uh, All right, you can you can get back to your point before you uh, before before the call drops. Yeah, so I, uh, you know, I think he's got the potential. He really does. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I mean, I, it, it's tough. It's tough to tell. You know, it's tough to tell. I, you know, you guys would probably know more more than I would, uh, as far as that. But I mean, the kid that would look like he's got potential to, to play. I mean, I I have to ask you. Well, I, yeah, I think I think he does. I mean, you know, Tucker Barnhart's uh, he's a journeyman. I think he's he's had a good start to year, but I think mixing it up at some point. Mezzarocco had very little time last year, and right. he just has not he has not looked right. He's not. Uh, he's not comfortable at the plate. I know you got to work work things out, but you know, red sitting three back at six and six. You know, right. I think you know there is hope, right? And, no, uh, you know, Finnegan, Finnegan's had a great start to his Reds career. Yeah, he's, yeah. Eight, eight Ks per nine. He's got a two point oh four uh, ERA, two quality starts. And if you get Homer Bailey back in the next month, your pitching staff can stabilize. Yeah. I, I think I think the Reds are within striking distance, and I don't. I'd hate for them to to kind of hold on. This kind of goes back to my Billy Hamilton question. I'd hate for them to kind of be stubborn with some guys, and it costs right. them a chance to make some noise or surprise some people this year. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're, you're right. With with Bailey coming back, I mean, it's the rotate the rotation is going to be, you know, it's going to be solid. I mean, it, it, you're right. They are in striking distance. I, it, you know, it's tough, but it, with Billy Hamilton, it's tough because he's a, he's a guy that you know he. he He's talked about. He's he, he's you know, and 
I, it's tough to put a guy like that on a bench. I mean, it, you know, or, or move him because you're going to get criticized for it. So I, when he matures as a hitter and, and makes makes his adjustments, you know, there won't be there won't be any talk about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's you're right though. The, the Reds the Reds are striking this. Is they they can definitely stabilize that pitching rotation. <clears throat> Well, one thing that's going to be interesting, and like I said, I was the first one to say that this team was going to lose over 100 games. I just didn't see uh, – I, I thought the pitching would be the Achilles heel. And, you know, both can help. It has been. However, though, like you guys were saying, they're going to be getting some of these starters back, thus moving some of the guys who are in the rotation now most likely to the bullpen. So, right. Thank you know, God. some of the guys who are in the bullpen now are not going to be there when these guys – when these normal starters come back. So Thank God. you're going to effectively, <laughs> you're gonna effectively <laughs> shore up your bullpen as well, along with your starting rotation. I mean, like you said, Hicksie, you know, they're, they're within striking distance. This team has done a lot more than I expected. And I'm the first one to admit when I'm wrong on that one. I was. I mean, I didn't expect them to be in this, in this situation here. Um, you know, they're in a spot now to where, like you said, Hicksie, but they're in striking distance. When you get some of these arms back, you know, especially with um, with the Cubs. I know the Cubs right now are on a roll. I think they're nine and three right now. But yeah, it's yeah. gonna be interesting to see with that with that injury to um, um, oh, geez, Schwarber. Um, yeah, Kyle Schwarber. Schwarber. Yeah, yeah, like what that injury will do. I mean, he's out for the year. So what does that injury? Not a loss. Oh. I know, <laughs> but you know, obviously they're not gonna they're not gonna continue that. You know, for the next hundred and fifty something games, you know, so right. did that catch up with them later on in the year? And you know, how does that? I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see how all that, you know, lines up. And especially if this team, with this Reds team, with they're young. I mean, it could be one of those situations where some of these guys are just young and dumb. They're just out to play ball, and it could right. be dangerous. But you know, yeah. yeah. It's gonna be. It's definitely gonna be interesting. So I, I like, you know, Hicks. I like what you were saying about about uh, Pacheco and and what they, you know, what they could do with them and and how and how short of a leash, you know, that some of these guys actually do have. Though. Right. Well, and I think the crazy thing is, guys, they're five hundred, and Joey Votto's hitting two twenty seven. You know, I yeah, that's... I think that's the scary thing. Yeah, but, you know, they've, they've been able to get – like you said, it is very scary, especially because you've had guys like Kozar picking up Suarez, who has been an absolute tear. And, and Bruce, you know, Bruce, you never know what you're going to get with him. But, He's you know, floor, though, Chris. I mean, you know, there's, oh, I know that. there's enough of a sample size. 12 games. You know, obviously, Kozar's not going to hit 483 all year, and, and Bado's not going to hit 227. So, you, those are going to equal themselves out. But, um, you know, I think, I think some the of these guys – but the issue with Bruce is, though, the fact that you have Jay Bruce, who he's he he's hot for a couple. He, he goes on. He's a major streak hitter, and that's what I'm saying. That that's where my thing is. You know, he's he's starting off. You know, betting like you say, he's got three or four right now. You know, what's going to happen when he hits his slump that he normally does every year? I mean, and that's that's proven. He does that. That's it's it happens every single year. He goes on. Slumps where he'll go and he'll he'll be you know 
struggling beyond belief, but then he'll go on a on a two week run where he's just absolutely smashed and cover off the ball. What's going to happen during those times where he's you know not you know not hitting well? That's my that's my thought though. That's, that's what I'm going yeah, for. Yeah, I, I, you know? I think the answer to that is you're going to have to get something more consistent out of your catcher position, uh, and you're going to have to get something more consistent out of center field. But you know, if if Adam Duvall or, or Scott Shepard, one of these two steps up in the field. Duvall's hitting 286 to start the year and 28 play appearances, and he, he's having a solid start to his career. He may be the answer in left field. I mean, if you can get something more stable, um, and, and Votto starts picking up the slack, I think I think there's there's potential to overcome a Bruce slump. But again, you got to find some stability up the middle, and that's where the Reds are struggling. They always say up the middle is where you got to be strong: catcher, center fielder, pitcher, short, second, and, and Cozart and Phillips are having good starts here. The Reds' rotation is solid, but they have to show up behind the plate and, and, and middle of the outfield. And I think if they can find a way to do that, this team can surprise some people. Yeah, yeah. Would you yep. be willing to um, to to give us Brian McCann? I mean, would that be a good deal for you there, the trailer? <laughs> or would, would that be would that be worth it? You know, I think we're going to hang on to McCann for a little bit. Uh, He's a bum. Is, you sure? Right. That's what you guys think. The bum. <laughs> yeah. What's that? <laughs> no, no. We, uh, you know, I, I don't know, man. It, it, it's, it's so, it's, I'm trying to think of a word to describe it. I wouldn't give up McCann for him, no. <laughs> I mean, would you take Jay Bird? You know, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe. I, I mean, and we could, uh, we could, don't we kind of have one with, like, Carlos Beltran or somebody else? I mean, I don't I don't think I would take him right now, given, given <laughs> so, the but, but, What kind of market do you think there is for Jay Bruce, especially if, if for the next, you know, say three weeks, keeps up this pace and, and the Reds do fade um, like most people predict? If by June 1 the Reds are, you know, five to ten games under 500 right. and Jay Bruce is still going – you know, two seventy five or north. You know, right. Would be a market for them that early? Can the Reds pull the trigger? What do you think? Yeah, I think they. I think they actually could. I mean, I think that if you know, if he's having a heck of a year and there's a team that's on the on the border, you know, on the bubble here, that's that could be in. They need to make a move. They need to go get a guy. I mean, I would add up absolutely if if I was a team that you know had a chance to maybe win a division or had a chance to make the playoffs and I needed you know, a guy for the, the last two months of the season, I, I would, I would give, I would give, I would give to get him. Absolutely. I think, I think he's got, a, he's got a pretty strong market. I mean, he's only 29 and actually I do, I, I do listen to a bunch of, uh, you know, being a Blue Jays fan, I, I do listen to a bunch of, uh, you know, shows up, you know, in, in Toronto. And I, I did right. hear something from, I think it was one of the, uh, the MLB podcast with uh, Gregor Chisholm, who is the, the, the Jays beat writer up there for MLB.com. And, and he did actually, I think it was right before the beginning of the season, or maybe shortly right, you know, like that first week, there was talk of, um, you know, some moves that if, if they were, he was basically, I believe it was him, he was basically saying something along the lines that Jay Bruce could still be in play for this club if, you know, if the Jays are in, are in need of, you know, right. someone like that. And so that's right. one deal that I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't mark that off as, as done or gone. You know, I think that, you know, like Hicksie was saying, you know, if 
you know, especially by June 1, you know, I, I definitely can see the Reds moving him uh, oh, their way out of it. I mean, especially, I mean, last year, I mean, you look at the season last year, you, they went 226 last year, you had 26 home runs, 87 RBIs. Uh, he was on, you know, an on-base percentage of, of 729. Um, you, you know, so that's obviously that's a solid, you know, a solid season there. Um, you know, this year, three home runs, 12 RBIs, you know, an 892 on-base percentage. So, you know, that's a, you know, that's a good, you know, honestly, that's a, that's a good start there, uh, you know, onto the season. So, you know, I mean, Hicksy, you know, what, what would you be doing if you, you know, if you're in the Reds front office, um, and I see actually, I think, you know, Charlie, he, he did drop off there. So he was saying that he was going to be going through some tunnels. So, uh, he did drop some looking to get him back on here, but, uh, Hicksy, if you're the Reds, what kind of moves would you be looking to make, um, at that time, you know, let's say by June 1st, they're, you know, they're, they're gunning out. What would you be I wouldn't looking even to do? I'd, I'd be calling the Dodgers right now. I mean, I've done it. You know, the I've Dod- done it back in February. So, but, huh? I said I'd have been making those moves back in February, but regardless, well, course, but, you know. But you know, I mean, the Dodgers have some kid named Thompson in left field. Um, uh huh. I'll give you a second to Wikipedia him. Um, and, and you know, and who knows what what Puig's going to do? Um, the, the guys was kind of solid player, but. So there are other options. Adam Ether is on the 60-day DL. Crawford hasn't started in a couple of years. So your, your options for, for L.A. in the outfield are pretty thin. Um, they're obviously going to be shopping for somebody at some point. We know they're going to be at the hunt with the pitching staff. I, I, you know, I, they would have a market. Obviously, the, the, the financial aspect is, um, is moved out there with Magic Johnson uh, and part of that ownership. So, that that would be the first phone call I make is the LA Dodgers to see what kind of interest they had. Uh, I'm 100 percent with you. The guy you were talking about was Trace Thompson. Um, that that's who it is. He was originally, uh, you know, I, I think he he could add a lot. I mean, he's see, he's only 24 years old too, so that could be, you know, that could be a piece right there. It could really, you know, the Dodgers, like you were saying, Dodgers have a lot of, you know, they got some they got some pieces that could be dealt uh, and definitely help out this club. It'll be interesting to see what and how the basically what the Reds do and how they actually handle everything, um, especially these next few you know these next couple of weeks. It's it's crucial for them, uh, you know you know coming up. I mean they've got you know the Rockies you know the Rockies aren't you know world beaters by any means, but you know they're you know they're hanging in there. I believe right now they are. I see where I see. They're seven and five right now. I mean when you got. You know, story doing what he's done. Uh, you know, you you got Cargo, you got Nolan Arenado, uh, DJ LeMahieu. I mean, they're you know that's a solid that's a solid team from top to bottom. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what they what they're able to do. Uh, you know, in this time, you know, moving forward, especially like I said, you know, with the Reds coming up here. Uh, you know, like you said, in our election, like we were saying, we're gonna you know we're gonna be seeing the Rockies here uh, on Wednesday when you get to the game, but. You know, you got Charlie Blackman leading that team. You know, you know he's the leadoff guy. You got uh, Mark Reynolds. They got some. They got some pieces there that you know that are going to be. You know that are, it's going to be tough for them. You know, it's going to be tough for the Reds. You know, as they're going to be uh, moving on. You know, because after after Colorado, then they host the Cubs uh, for a four game series, and then they head to New York for three. Um, you, you know, so this month of April is tough. I mean, you're not. You, <laughs> 
you're not facing you're not facing too many teams that are, that are that are going to struggle this season based off of what you know what we've seen so far. I mean, like you said, you got Colorado who's leading the West. Cubs are the Cubs. Um, you still got Pittsburgh left, who's you know they're tied for uh, they're tied for um, second of, or no, they're actually in third in the division. They're seven and six, um, but it's it's tough for. Uh, you know, for you know, for the Reds coming up, so I mean, we could be seeing some moves here being made pretty early on, um, depending on what you know, obviously what goes on these next few weeks. Well, that that's, that was my point. You're, you're going to know by June one where this team is. Heck, you're probably going to know in the next fourteen to eighteen days where this team is. Yeah. Um, you know, and and, and that's when you're going to be able to start deciding what what we're going to do. Um, you know, there, there's no need to, to drag this out if, if you don't have to. And that's my point with Billy Hamilton. You know, you got two guys in, in Shubber and Duvall. Give them a chance. You know, platooning the left field may not be the best move. If, if you can if you can move Bruce for, for something of quality, put those two in the outfield, start them in left and right field every day, and, and let's see what we can come up with. And, and if Billy Hamilton in the answer, let's find somebody else. You know, I think I think there's no point in, in being stubborn here, and and that, that's that's my point with with a lot of this, and, and Pacheco as well. What's listen? Injuries happen, you know, and sometimes they derail careers, and, and maybe that's what's happened with Mezzarocco. Sad as that may be, he's a great player, a great guy, but it happens. Other people deserve opportunities, and especially if if you're not going anywhere, why not? You know, I'm 100% with you. I, I thought, and I said it originally, um, as soon as I heard the the news that, you know, what happened with Mesoraco happened, I, I immediately said, okay, he needs to look at switching positions. I think he needs to, you know, personally, I think he would be great behind, you know, out in, um, I think he'd be great on the outfield. I, I think he would be a good, you know, a good piece out there, especially with his bat. That was kind of my mentality on it. Um, he's just—he's not going to be the same behind the plate. You got Tucker Barnhart, you've got um, Pacheco, like you were saying. I mean, you've—we've got guys who, you know, we've got guys who are there that you know that can do it. Um, like you said, I, I think it's you know, especially with the short leash. Um, I'm a big fan of Scott Chubber. I've liked what I've seen so far from him. I mean, my God, he's only 25 years old, so you know. I think he'd be perfect out, you know. I mean, he, I think he, he's a good all-day, everyday player. Um, but, you know, he's still trying well, to get I his uh, ability to now. What's that? I think Duvall has that capability as well. Totally agree. Totally agree. I, I mean, so there, you know, you know, I mean the Reds are in really good by May 15th. I mean, Let's look at the next 16 games. Um like you said, you got you got Colorado, Chicago Cubs at the Mets, at Pittsburgh, and then San Francisco at home. You know, those ne- these next sixteen games for me are the red season. You go above five hundred in those sixteen games, then, then you may have something here. And uh, but if you, if you go substantially below five hundred, I think I think it's time to to start doing what you got to do. I'm glad you said that because I was going to say the exact same thing. I think that. And I was I was funny because I was looking at that exact spot, you know, in the in the schedule, that right after 
you know, right after the San Francisco series, I saw Milwaukee. You got Milwaukee for four at home. You know, Milwaukee is what they are. They're not, you know, the Red, there's a lot of talk the Reds were going to be battling them for last. Milwaukee is not very good. But then you got Pittsburgh. Then you go to Philadelphia and then Cleveland. Regardless, before that, like you said, that is the red season, and I am 100% with you on that. I think if it's if you're looking at it and it's like, okay, this isn't going well, it's not exactly what, you know, what we expected, you know, the front office has to look at it that way and say, okay, this isn't what we, you know, this isn't what we thought was going to happen. You know, we expected maybe this team was going to be a little more than what they are at this point. Okay, fine. It is what it is. But you have to make those moves to put this team in a better spot and put this franchise in a better spot for the next few years. Because, like I said, I you know, I think that if we can get some pieces back, this rebuild will not take as long as some people think that it will. I think that they because they've got the arms to you know to 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 work with and do something with. You know, I don't think it's going to take as long as some people are saying, but. And like I said before, it has to happen to where they make the right moves at the right time and bring the right pieces back, and it won't be as bad. And I'm 100% with you by, like you said, the next 16 or so games, it's the red season. I'm completely on board with you on that one. Well, I, th- I think the re- I think this team's overachieving compared to what the front – I mean, the front office, they, they, they know – for the most part, they know baseball. They, they know what they have. I think being six and six right now, and, and to be honest with you, they don't blow that that uh, that quality start that Finnegan had uh, opening night against the Cubs. You know, who knows how that series would have changed? But um, exactly, yeah. this team could be nine and three very easily. The one today got away. Um, you know, I, I think this team actually at six and six is overachieved earlier in the year, and I think the front office recognizes that. And I think, you know, I, I think that's why they're trying to write it out the best they can because they know that they got three arms coming back that are quality arms. And you could have a starting rotation um, that, that's five deep, um, realistically. Uh, if not, four strong um, with, with the three uh, coming off the DL here. If Ben again can keep rolling and the Glacius uh, can, can be as consistent as he's been. Um, so I think, I think there is potential here. If, if they can just – and again, they got to get the middle, of the middle of the field straightened up. You got to get something out of catcher. You got to get something out of the center field. And if they can find something, and that's why I would have a short lease with Mezzarocco and Billy Hamilton because there's an opportunity here, and, and nobody really saw the opportunity coming. Um, but but surprisingly, there is one, and I think we got to we have a short window to capitalize on it, and uh, I think it's the next 16 games. I'm with you. I think that they can, and. I think that they can really do something here if they're able to to stay in and keep basically keep their head above water a little bit. I think they're going to be in a, in a pretty good spot. My thing is though, if you if you look at what and like I said, I was the first one to say that this team is going to lose 100. I said, in fact, I haven't been with my uh, my father-in-law, but I said they're going to lose 101 games. But you know what? A lot of people and. A lot of people had jumped on that bandwagon with the Reds, you know, that opening series against against Philadelphia, you know, they were going nuts. So all this is, you know, and I'm like, okay, it, it was the Phillies. I mean, let's just be honest. It was against the Phillies. But, you know what, then you kind of look at how they've been playing that, you know, since then. Like you said, you know, they 
I, what they took two out of three against the Pirates. Is that correct? I can't remember off the top of my head. They yeah, take two out of three. What's that? Yeah, they did. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, and then I know they they obviously you know reversed that against against Chicago, um, but like you said, you know if if they if they don't waste that quality start there from Finnegan, you know God only knows how that series could have gone, and you know so it, it's interesting. I mean, and then what they they dropped two or three to St. Louis, and then now like you said, coming back tomorrow uh, against a, a, a solid Colorado team that, like you said, is, is scoring runs. I mean, this is. It's a very interesting time here in Cincinnati, um, and honestly, like you know, like you were saying, that they've overachieved for what they believed and what I believe as well. Um, it's it's definitely an interesting uh, an interesting time here in Cincinnati because you know there's there is that hope, but then there's also that reality that okay, this is what actually should happen based off of what we're seeing here, um, but it, it, it's. It, it's just it's it's weird because you know this front office they've got some decisions to make and 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 how they want to in which direction and how they want to move forward um, you know with this franchise and, and it's going to all determine uh, you know what the moves they make before the trade deadline because let's face it um, I mean I, I'm a realist I don't see them being anywhere near a spot to where you know they're going to be buyers come the trade deadline I mean let's just be honest. Uh, it is what it is, but it's going to be interesting to see the moves that Dick Williams and the, and the front office uh, that they make, you know, when it comes down to it here coming up in the uh, in the next, you know, in the next few weeks and even months. I mean, this team has been pretty scrappy, though, Chris, when you think about it. I mean, coming back on opening day against the Phillies, you know, they, they were – Saturday, they, they were they were getting blown out by, uh, by St. Louis after getting routed on Friday night and the team found a way. To come back, win a game. Even today, they were down three, uh, two, two nothing, and came back to, to take a lead at one point. So, you know, there's some scrappiness to this team, and uh, that I like. And you know, I think Brian Price is just trying to find something for these guys to grab onto. Um, and there, there's different motivational tactics, and you know, whatever he's doing is is working so far. They they just gotta they gotta keep being scrappy. They gotta keep being that team that just that won't give up, that finds a way. And it's a different guy every night, and and you know, that's what they got to try to figure out how to how to do more consistently. And, um, you never know. It's we're we're twelve games into one hundred sixty two games, guys. One hundred fifty games left. Things happen. You, you really you, you never know. And being five hundred out the gate is there's worse things. You could be the you could be the twins. You know what? That's very true. Very true. All's not lost. You could be the twins. Or the Braves, as they, you know, well, you know, they're they're a little bit better than what than what the Twins are right now. But I mean, we're both what three and nine, I believe, is what it is. Yeah, both teams are three and nine, so yeah, it could be much worse. I'm with you. I'm 100 percent with you on that. But <laughs> it's sometimes all you can do is all you can do is shake your head on, on some of these things. But um, you know, overall, what's your biggest? I know we got it from from Charlie, unfortunately. Uh, we haven't been able to reconnect, which is, uh, you know, he, he did a great job. Uh, I'm glad he was able to join us. Unfortunately, like I said, we just weren't, we haven't been able to reconnect here and get him back on. But um, definitely it's something I, I, I think, like I said, I've worked with him in the past. Uh, I think, you know, having his input, especially, which is nice because, you know, he was able to provide a, 
Michigan aspect, you know, from, you know, from New York. I mean, someone, you know, that we don't, you know, we don't get, you know, from us, we get, we get our own, you know, perceptions from, you know, this area from, you know, 150 mile radius is what we get. And so it's kind of nice to get a perspective from someone outside of, you know, the Reds viewing area and basically who covers, you know, national baseball and, and, you know, baseball up in the Northeast. So I, it was great having him on and getting his perspective on, on the Reds. So, you know, I'm glad we were able to, yeah, I'm glad we were able to have him on. I know it's something I, I think, especially throughout the season, you know, Scott, I think we should definitely have, uh, have him on more. Um, another guy who um, I was hoping to have on was Zach Ballard, who uh, he, I think he's out in West Virginia, but he covers um, the Reds. He's a you know he, he does a lot with the Cincinnati Reds and, and, and providing coverage um, for them as well. I think you know having a especially these next couple of months, uh, I think we I think we're gonna try and get some more you know some pretty good uh, you know perspectives from from numerous people around, especially around the sport. Um, as I, I think it's you know this is an interesting season uh, of baseball so far and. Especially with you know some of the players that have that have popped up and um, some of the teams that we you know like we had mentioned Baltimore. My God, Baltimore's eight three. That was a team that you know that Charlie had mentioned as a surprise. Um, the whole Trevor Story situation, um, you know, with, with what he's done so far, it's been pretty. Uh, it, it's been a pretty fun season, you know, already in these in these first what three or two weeks, two full weeks um, of baseball. So you know, as we're going to head into the to the third week of baseball. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be pretty exciting as it has been so far. Um, but, you know, I, I think well, that, I mean, that's what's, uh, you know, there's three teams tied up top out West and essentials strong. You know, it's parody is alive and well in baseball, which is, is something that is hard to believe when you don't have a salary cap. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. I think, uh, the start of baseball season brings a lot of hope. Um, some of that hope's been dashed already in the first two weeks uh, for some franchise, but uh, for for most, it's still alive and well. Yeah, and and that is the beauty of baseball. You know, it is. You know, like they always say, you know, you can't win a division in April, but you can certainly lose it. And you know, that's that's the same. And, and for teams like Minnesota, who start off three and nine in Atlanta three and nine as well. You know the Marlins who are three and seven. It's just like, you know, you gotta be kidding me. You know, so it's all all's not always next year. Though, the rest are, what's that? Yeah, there is always next There's year. There's always next right. year. You're hundred percent right. I mean, yeah. We could be we could be in that boat right there. Unfortunately for the Reds, you know, you're in the NL Central, which I think personally I think that's the best division of baseball. I, I just think between them it's tough because if you look at the American League this year, I mean, obviously the the AL East, you know, is what it is with Boston and New York, um, but obviously with Toronto with the, the strides that they've made. But then you look at the AL Central and kind of what the surprise, I mean, everyone is pretty much picking, in the, you know, that's the Royals division. The White Sox have come out and said, you know, hey, not so fast, you know. Have you, you know, you're obviously closer to, uh, you know, to Chicago than what I am. You know, geographically wise, I should say. Um, do you get any coverage, like where you are, about any of the the Chicago stuff, or is it just still mainly the the Cincinnati aspect of things? We get some of it. I think what what I find interesting about the White Sox is one, they're seven and three on the road to start the year. 
you've only played two home games. Um, a, a team that that can can win seventy percent on the road is um, is a team that's something that you're gonna have to contend with. But you know, with, with everything that happened with Adam LaRoche there towards the end of spring training, I, I find it you know, fascinating that this team, and you find this in sports a lot. There, there's there's something that happens. Uh, throughout the course of a season or beginning of a season that that is able to bring a team together for one common cause. And that, that's always a challenge in team sports is to get everyone to buy into one common cause. And, you know, I, I said it at the time when this happened, and, and Buster um, uh, only from ESPN kind of alluded to this when he started covering it, that, that the, the team was ready to walk out. Uh, you know, management when they pulled this, and it was it was the manager that brought the Robin Mature brought the team together, and, and and pretty much said, you know what, it's us against them, but we got to do it together, and and they they went out and they played for their their, their skipper that day, and they're playing for him now, and I, and I find it fascinating that they have the start that they have with with the drama that that happened um, towards the end of spring training around that Roach and that situation, and. Um, and, and they may be on to something that, that they now have something that they all are a part of and, and that they can do as a unit and, and have some camaraderie and, um, and do it in spite of management. And, and that's something that's, that's tough to find. And, and it may be a spark that they, uh, that they needed and that they've found and, and that they may be able to ride for a while. You know, that's very true. And actually, and I meant to ask you about that. Unfortunately, like I said, you know, schedule-wise, we just haven't been able to, uh, to to get together and get something up. But we're both fathers. We're both coaches. We've both played, you know, girl playing sports, you know. What was your whole take on the on the Adelboro situation? Did you – I guess, what's your thought on that? I mean, because it, it was a polarizing topic, um, you know, right – you know, right during that time, so then pretty much an entire week, you know, after that, because Chris Sale, I mean, you know, he's their ace. I mean, he's their, I mean, he's their Cy Young guy. You know, like he's their, their ace, and basically all this, he's their ace, and he was absolutely livid. And like you were saying, that that team was ready to walk out. I mean, what, you know, based off of that, what was your thought on all that? I mean, because it, it, it was, it was like well, I said, it was a very polarizing topic. So uh, you know a couple things on it. One, I think it's it's sad that a 14 year old child got dragged into to something like this, and that his uh-huh. name is is was not out there in the public and and being talked about by grown ups on national television. I think that's disgusting. Secondly, my to be honest, my actual first thought was, does this kid not go to school? It's a 14 year old kid in a baseball clubhouse every single day. Um, yeah, I was wondering. He never went to stinking school. <laughs> um, I, mean, was, I know. <laughs> my first thought. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but you know, he's at spring training every day in Florida, but they live in Chicago. How is he being educated? He's fourteen years old, blah blah blah. Uh, I'm gonna go to home school. I don't know if I don't know if that's true or not, but I don't know. I, uh, I would hope. Um he's not missing a ton of school, but you know, I, I think the bigger picture here, Chris. Yeah, Chris Hale was was uh, very vocal about it. But when you when you look at the grand scheme of things, how many actual players were vocal about it? When you, when you look at how many guys are in that clubhouse, it's a yeah. small minority. And and I think you know you, you alluded to the fact that they were ready to walk out. There was a lot of guys that were just doing it just 
just to to not be the guy that that everyone looks to and says you're the you're the one that complained. Yeah, you know somebody said something. I you know I think I think it was inappropriate. I, I don't think as as a father I would not bring my child into one a locker room, um, knowing what goes on in the locker room every day. Um, yeah, and and more importantly, it is a workplace, and I think that yeah. needs okay. to be respected. I think I think other people's uh, opinions of a workplace need to be respected, and and children aren't aren't meant to be in a workplace on a daily basis. Yes, they can come in there maybe maybe post game. I know a lot of families come into to uh, to locker rooms post game. That's a different animal, but at the yeah. same time, you're you're exposed you're exposing a, a child um, to a lot of things in a locker room. You know, for one, yeah. you got you got you got grown men walking around naked. I don't yeah. think that's something that a fourteen-year-old should be exposed to, um, and, and and it does, you know, there's, there's profanity, vulgarity. I, I don't think, I don't think a fourteen-year-old should have been exposed to that type of stuff. Um, but at the same time, you're also making people uncomfortable because they can't, they can't interact in a way that they probably would, or want to. Yeah. And I think that is the underlying problem is when when a workplace becomes some somewhere that somebody cannot or somebody feels um, they cannot uh, act in a way that they feel appropriate, that's when the issue comes in. I think that's what Kenny Williams saw, and I think that's why he may have said something. And, and I respect Adam LaRoche for saying, you know what, I've had enough. I want to be with my family and walk away. Um, and, and he's he's made some comments uh, recently where he said, I, I understand, you know, I wanted to be near my family. I, you know, the, the White Sox – it was it was in my contract and and whatnot and he said maybe I shouldn't have had him there every day but I wanted him there every day I get it and I'm glad it it hasn't gotten as messy as it probably could have but exactly you know, I think yep. uh, I, I think I think I understand the White Sox point of view and um, I don't think he should have I been see both sides of it to be honest with you I, I think. You know, like you said, it wasn't. It's a very sticky situation when it comes. To, you know, I, I see why Adam Larose. You know, God, a ball player. My God, you're on the road as much as you are. You never see your family. You know, you rarely see them. Um, so I get where he's coming from. I get where the White Sox are coming from. It's it's one of those situations to where it's not that like I'm trying to think of the best way to say it. Like not that both sides are wrong or right in this situation, but. It's 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 interesting because you know, and like you said, you're glad that, and I, I, you know, as am I, that it did not get as ugly as it as it could have. I mean, it could have been it could have been really really bad. I mean, but you know, thankfully it didn't. So you know, it's one of those things to where, you know, thankfully it didn't. You know, it didn't escalate to something like that. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's a lose lose situation. You know the White Sox are trying to to have an environment that's suitable for everybody, and and you know you know somebody who wants to be around the family you can't fault the guy for that. Um, yeah. We both understand you know, the, the demands of of families and sports, and but you know I, I wish it wouldn't have gotten public. Um, and you know the, the sad part is if he never if he did, wouldn't have retired, it never would have gotten public. Um, and but that's the decision yeah. he made, and I think I think by him retiring, it made it a bigger deal than it probably was. Yeah, you're right. You're, I, I would have to agree with that. I, I definitely, 
I definitely agree with that sentiment right there. Um, yeah, it's, you know, like I said, it's very, very interesting situation. Um, you know, so actually I just, I just kind of alerted to say NFL rumors, uh, Broncos and Von Miller are not close on extension. Well, that's great. Fantastic. Jeez. A Broncos, I'll tell you what. But because he's, he's a Johnny Man. He can't, he can't read the paperwork. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't even want to touch on that situation. <laughs> I don't want to touch on. Uh, not a fan. Can't stand me. I can't stand Johnny Manziel at all. But regardless. Um, but I, I think here it's it's you know kind of get close to to wrapping it up. I gotta. Yeah, early morning ahead of me here for uh, you know, for work, but I do want to touch on something that um, you know that that you did, uh, you and, and your team accomplished uh, once again. You, my friend, and I got to congratulate you once again. Now this is the perfect time to do it. Uh, you did it again, man. You, you, my friend, have won another national championship. Congratulations! Thank you very much, Chris. I appreciate that. I mean, I, as, as, I never thought I'd say this, but I, you you did it again. Like, I, I couldn't believe you did it the first time. And then you did it again. <laughs> like, you know, like, like I told you, after the first time you won it, no matter how many times, no matter what you do to screw up, you're always going to be known as a championship-winning coach. Like, man, that's impressive. Like, and you did it again, man. Congratulations. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, and um... – we're in the process of uh, of designing our rings, and it's a process that never gets old. And I'm dragging out as long as possible. And uh, I never thought I'd have a dilemma of how where I, I can wear a second ring on my hand. And um, yeah, it's it's a nice problem to have. So yeah, it's it's been a fun couple uh, couple weeks, and uh, something that we all were uh, were happy and thrilled about. And, uh, this one was obviously it was we were able to enjoy it a lot more and uh, it, it was a special group of girls. Uh, it was something that uh, that we really relished and are still relishing it. But you know, like they say, the the first time the first one's always fun, but then it's the ones following that are are better um, because of you know you won and then the following season you didn't you you know you you fell short of that goal um, with the team that was that was loaded. You know, so it's, it's you truly, you know, it makes you step back and and truly appreciate the hard work that goes into everything and what it takes to win. Period. I mean, whether it's a, a conference championship, a national championship, just whatever, it truly makes you appreciate that. And, and that's you can definitely tell that's what happened this season. And you know, man, now are we going to be drinking from the cup again, or how's that going to work out? Because you know, we did it, we did it yeah. the first time. You're behind. Oh yeah, absolutely. You're behind. Okay, yeah, I just want to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it was the first the first one was a surprise. I mean, it, you know, it, we were still that year. Um, we're still trying to earn respect, and you know, to be honest, we never got it until we actually won. Um, you know, there's people still doubting us even up through the national championship game. So it was it was a surprise. I don't. We never really expected us to do it. Uh, that year, we knew we had the talent. We, we felt we were a year or two away, um, so it, it was it was more of uh, I don't know, it was hard to describe. It was shock is, is that we actually did it, and then it's always 
a challenge to follow it up. And, you know, we played for it last year and just fell short in the title game. But being there, we knew what it take. You know, we played for, for the title last two years. So this year we, we knew what it took to get there. Our girls were prepared for that. They knew the challenge that they had. And, and we were no longer a surprise to people. So it, it made us elevate our game because, you know, we're no longer trying to get respect. We're trying to, to keep respect. And, and you play with some sort of desperation when you have that target on your back. And, um, you know, we, we, the, the girls bought into uh, to what we were – trying to preach and, and, you know, the concept. And, and that's what I was talking about with the White Sox kind of along the same lines. When you have something, you can rally everyone around together. And that's what we had. And they really uh, bought into it. It was a fun ride. It was a fun year. Um, and and I, we, we were talking about it just the other day. We really feel like we are able to enjoy this one more. And to send our three seniors out who were catalysts for our program and kind of getting us started um, they were really our first recruiting class. To send them out champions is uh, is something that we'll never forget. Yeah, that's that's fantastic, man. I mean, that's you know, I, I did you I followed, you know, did, did you What's that? You you were breaking up there. What was that? Did you watch the game, by the way? I did, I did. And the problem was, you know, the funny thing is, I was headed over to uh, to to Krista's um, uh, mom's house for for dinner, and I. I I was I'm not gonna okay I'm just gonna say yeah I was watching the game while I was driving, um, and then when you guys went to overtime, I uh, I, I shut off my, my my phone, so it's this isn't a good <laughs> yeah, I'm not a good role model when it comes to this, but when when it went to overtime I was like oh man and I was literally like. Uh, it was probably yeah, it was probably ten fifteen minutes away from our mom's house, so I get there or whatever, and I kid you not, I get in the house and I go to turn on the to you know to turn it back on, so I missed the game winning goal because I literally turned it on like seconds after you guys had scored, and I was like, I looked and I was like, you've got to be kidding me, like I cannot believe it just happened, but I got all the 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 post celebration and everything like that, which was which was awesome in and of itself. But, yeah, I missed the goal because I, I should have just left it running and watched it yeah. all the way through. But, I, I, you know what, I was trying to be safe. I, I figured I drove an entire commute <laughs> watching a hockey game. I should probably, you know, take it down a couple of notches. So anyone listening, I would recommend that you don't do that because it's, one, one, not safe, and, two, it's probably against the law somewhere. Um, so. I wouldn't recommend did you doing watch, that. Did you watch the, uh, the semifinal game at all? Oh yeah, well, I caught, yeah, I only caught a couple minutes of that game. I I was I forget what we had going on that. One of the best, one of the best college hockey games I've ever uh, I've ever seen. Um, it was just the, the level of talent on the ice was was unbelievable, and uh, yeah, it, it's still available. You could still watch the uh, full games. They're still online if you ever want. I've, we watched them a few times. Um, oh, that's awesome! But, uh, yeah, because I, I mean, yeah, I remember talking to you after that. I mean, you know, we, you know, once you were headed, you know, once once that game was over, you know, I remember talking to you, and you were just talking about how amazing of a game that that was, and uh, and how lucky you know you were, you know, to be in that position again. I mean, it's you know, <laughs> you weren't quite the ride this year. It was it was, it was an interesting season for you. 
Yeah, it was. I mean, we lost four games, um, but only to two teams. I mean, it's just it just speaks volumes to how tough our league is. Um, but uh, but you know, I mean, we challenged ourselves. We played the toughest schedule in the country, and we ended up uh, only losing four games and winning twenty three. So, um, you know, we we challenged ourselves, and I, I really believe that that us playing the toughest schedules we had uh, it prepared us for the national tournament, and, and we were we were not. Um, overwhelmed or shocked or surprised by anything we saw. We expected it all and we we had faced it and prepared for it and we were we were fully ready and um they proved it. So I appreciate the congratulations. It was a lot of fun and um we will definitely we'll definitely be having another beverage from that from that cup because it's it's gotten bigger and heavier That's... since the last time. Oh really? Well good. I'm I'm excited <laughs> to uh for that challenge. It was fun the first time, I'll tell you that. I mean, that was definitely a happy birthday to us. So, sure. <laughs> that was All right, my friend. a lot of well, fun. So. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I know, uh, I know maybe we'll do a live one on on Wednesday uh, Wednesday morning, but we will, we will get together in person on Wednesday, and I look forward to that as well. Yes, indeed. Yeah, it's, it's been a while, man. It's definitely been a while. Uh, but, yeah, we'll uh, – yeah, we can probably we can probably work some out and, and and do a podcast. You know, hey, we may even uh, we can do one live from the game. I mean, it's you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Well, on the machine room grill, fixing Chris on sports. Hey, <laughs> live on, on on remote. I like that. We can we can let's let's make it happen. <laughs> All right, buddy. So, we'll talk to right, you on Wednesday. That works, man. Have yourself a good one. And uh, with that. Uh, I believe we're going to be wrapping up this show. Um, you know, it was, uh, you know, it felt good to get back in the, uh, get back from the swing of things. And again, I want to thank, uh, thank Hixie for, you know, for, you know, for joining me here tonight. And especially a big thanks to, uh, to Charlie uh, Roulet from DoubleGSports.com. Um, I, I truly appreciate him coming on. I was chatting with him today. So I'm just thankful he was able to, uh, to come on and, and provide his insight you know, from, you know, from a whole different region. So I, I truly appreciate him for that. Um, so, you know, again, uh, thank you guys. Uh, you can always check us out and follow me on, on Twitter at I am Chris Hasbrock. Um, Hicksy, you can also follow him at Coach M-U-W-M Hockey. Uh, that's his Twitter handle. Um, you can also check us out uh, at Hicksy and Chris on Sports. Uh, that's on our uh, Twitter. You can follow um, – you know, you can uh, follow me and like my page on Facebook. It's uh, Chris Asbrock Blogger. Um, check that one out. Also, you can uh, make you know make sure you check out FeelTheImpactSports.com. Uh, I've got a couple things you know hopefully coming up in the pipeline uh, for this past or for this um, you know your last couple things actually I should say. Um, you know, so again, I'll make sure you check that out. Make sure you follow me on Twitter. I do some Periscope as well, but not too often. Um, I need to get, you know, especially a lot more coming up here soon. Um, but with baseball season, it's been it's been pretty tough. But, um, again, uh, you know, thank you guys so much for checking us out. Um, like I said, we are, uh, you know, we're, we're brought to you um, proudly by Caledonia Sheet Designs. Uh, again, it's a Cincinnati-based jewelry company. Um, it's offering fashion for, for men and women, uh, unique and affordable jewelry designs. Um, like I said, Donna does a phenomenal job. Um, each, you know, each piece is, it's handmade and, uh, it's one of a kind. Uh, she does custom orders and she ships worldwide. So make sure you check out, uh, her on Facebook. It's, uh, Caledonia, uh, Um, 
you know, like I said, or, you know, that same uh, name uh, on Facebook as well. So make sure you check her out. She does a phenomenal job. So, like I said, we are, uh, you know, thankfully uh, partner with her. She does, like I said, just a phenomenal job. So uh, with that being said, uh, we look to uh, be coming back hopefully here. Um, you know, I want to try to get, you know, more of these shows uploaded as, as you know, as many as possible. Uh, I know there's a big UFC card coming up this Saturday night. I'm hoping to try and get something up for that as well. So uh, thank you guys so much for, you know, for checking this out. I'm hoping to get um, get this, uh, you know, somehow posted up onto uh, on iTunes. Um, so, you know, thank you guys again for checking this out. Make sure you check out the website. Make sure you follow on Twitter. Um, and uh, so thank you guys so much. And with that being said, uh, until next time, we will talk to you later on. <laughs>